0: Hey there, my name's Joe Keyport, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. For this week's episode, I talked to Wyatt Moran about his new EP, Start Again, which is out on February 19th. I first became aware of Wyatt when he was releasing music that served more as an audio diary, with each EP kind of corresponding to a year of high school. Just like the title suggests, Start Again marks a new chapter in Wyatt's music-making life as he spent some time in college and has moved away from Minnesota. During the interview, Wyatt and I talk his old releases, his work with Carpet Booth Studios in Rochester, and of course, the new EP. It's Wyatt Moran, right here on the Ear Coffee Podcast. Wyatt, how's it going here this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Gotcha. It's funny, so... Wyatt, I don't know if you remember, but I reached out to you like two years ago to do the podcast. <laughs> like, I found oh I found the message forever ago. It was my fault you didn't end up getting on because I like missed the notification that you actually responded to it. But you just put out Junior, and I thought it was really interesting oh, wow. uh, the the process of you like using music is almost like a, a journal, like a public journal. And I would, it was kind of mm-hmm. cool to like talk about that. But alas, we weren't able to do it then. Um, I do have a couple questions from like th- those releases, but we're not going to sure. focus too heavy on the past. We're here to talk about uh, your new EP that you got coming out, hopefully just a few days uh, from now. But we'll be talking about that. So uh, starting off, we always like to... Um, start at the beginning for artists we talked to, especially new ones we talked to. Um, talk to me about your history with music and how we got from, you know, the Wyatt who is maybe listening to music to the Wyatt we have now who's been putting out records.
1: Um, gosh, I, it's a, it's a timeline. I started playing, bass when i was like seven seven or eight years old um my dad brought home a a bass one day and was like hey you should uh learn to play this so that we can have like a, a family band because my brother at the time was doing um was learning how to play drums and my dad knew how to play guitar and so he was just like i think he had this vision of like how we were all gonna be like this family band Mm. and be able to play all of his like rolling stone songs that he (laughs) wanted to play or like you know whatever and so i started playing bass and like the first Mm. song that i learned was like the uh for the devil by the rolling stones nice and then i kind of i did that for a while and it was cool and then got to middle school and i started playing um a lot more guitar Mm. and I got like my first real guitar. It was like this shitty Epiphone SG (laughs) that I still have at my parents' house, but it's just like got tons of stickers on it and like the Mm -hmm. whole, the whole nine. So I started doing that. I started doing like the talent shows Mm -hmm. and stuff. I was like, Oh, I'm actually, I might be good at this. So kept doing, um, guitar and bass. And then around that point, I was like trying to kind of like figure out a band so that mm-hmm. I could I could play music with um, other people. And I couldn't find any drummers that were my age, so I started playing drums. And then so at that point I'm like about to enter my freshman year of high school and I'm like... Sure if this whole band thing is going to pan out, cause I don't really have anybody to play with. So I was like, you know, I can just do all of it myself. Mm. And, um, that's kind of like, was the, the impetus for like recording these records, like all by myself, um, was that in the beginning, at least I really didn't have, um, a ton of people in the town that I was growing up in to like to play and like bounce ideas off of. Um, so yeah. Uh, I recorded freshman, which was the first record that mm. I ever put out in like 2015, 2016. Okay, summer of twenty sixteen, like after, right after my first year of high school. Um, and I did it like all by myself, um, in my garage with like two or three microphones.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You got like the Guitar Center like recording special and.
1: Yeah, it was like the mics that have like the um, on-off. Like, mm, yep. Um, and it, you know, it was not the best. Mm-hmm. Looking back, you know, a few years later, I, 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 listened to it sonically, and I'm like, oh my god, like, what was <laughs> what was going on? But yeah. it's 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 cool um, to just like to know that I was doing something at that point that Mm. was like tangible. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, this is like mine. And now everybody can hear it.
0: Yeah. Before. And so I don't want to cut you off too, too but I was wondering, like you said, you were, you know, doing talent shows and stuff. Do you have like a moment when you realize, like you said, there was like, you realized you could like do this. Was there like a song or uh, something you recorded early on with those, you know, those two or three kind of, they're not garbage mics, but they're mics that certainly do a job. Uh, yeah. Uh, for all people who are interested in recording, do you have a moment that like really sticks out to you when you realized you could do this? Like beyond like, you know, it was, it, it was fun and it was fun to play with, but this is like that next mm-hmm. step. Um,
1: there. Yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. So one of those, I think one of those talent shows, it must've been like seventh or eighth grade. So I'm like 13. <laughs> and I, um, I played Clairvoyant by the story so far. Okay. On and I sang it for this talent show, and I remember um, somebody coming up to me afterwards and was like, "The person sitting next to me was like crying." I was like, "Whoa!" Like I didn't I didn't realize that like the music that I was making in particular could like you know make people feel so deeply Mm -hmm. and so that was like the that was like a moment where i was like oh wow this is maybe something that's more um that like affects other people yeah instead of like just kind of doing it for myself you know Mm -hmm. um in terms of like recording though i don't think that i really that kind of stuff really picked up until i did sophomore okay which was um in the future but i, I was kind of coming off the heels of freshmen and everybody was like oh so like what's the next one going to be mm. like sophomore and i was like actually <laughs> sure it was never like i think a lot of people had this like this like preconceived notion that it was like from the from the beginning i was like i'm going to do this thing where it's like all of this stuff is like happening in a row but it wasn't really ever made me that way in the beginning but Mm -hmm. then somebody mentioned it to me and i was like oh that's not a bad idea and so i kind of just ran with it Mm -hmm. but i was like i was still super young but i had um enough confidence under my belt to reach out to a a studio in my town called carpet booth studios Mm -hmm. uh zach zern is the guy who who runs that whole place. And I like sent him an E like a 16 year old, like sending like this, like 25, 26 year old engineer an email. And I'm like, hi, like, yeah,
0: I want to record at your studio. And (laughs) you're trying to be like professional in your mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, to his credit, Zach is like the nicest Mm -hmm. dude ever. And we are still like, we're great friends now, but he was like, yeah, sure. I remember being your age and wanting to do this kind of thing. So, I went there and I like recorded in like a pretty professional sounding studio. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting those first mixes back and I was like, Oh shit. Like this is like, Mm -hmm. this sounds like real, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to sit here and act like, you know, DIY recording is like not a, a viable option, but, um, you know, going to a studio and like having like, stems and stuff sound like the people that you've been listening to like your whole Mm -hmm. life was kind of a a game changer for me so yeah i don't know that's kind of like a long-winded answer to that question but
0: oh yeah no of course Uh, we like (laughs) long-winded answers here on (laughs) on the podcast well because like you talked about there's like like recording diy is like it has its purpose and it's it can be really fun and really a really good way Mm -hmm. to like do something when obviously you don't have the budget to go because like yeah. it's funny i played the last rockchester at carpet booth oh yeah with with the, with the band i play with right now um but like going i
1: was I'm, i was probably working if you were yeah we playing, were in what band were you in
0: uh national park service so we were the first band oh with all the horns that was no way. that was the first performance we had played with all nine of us or whatever there was yeah so
1: i remember that yeah i i work at that studio okay
0: now, so I was, wor- I was probably there yeah i was wondering if you did because i was looking you know looking through like liner notes and all your releases especially when i was mm-hmm. like realizing over and over again how many times you'd like return to carpet booth i was like
1: mm-hmm. at
0: this point i feel like you almost <laughs> probably has something, hand in something yeah yeah
1: no we i i started interning there right after i finished junior okay I mean, me and Zach had been kind of running in a lot of the same circles just with, like, local um, music stuff, and we always kind of had a lot of the same, like, ideas when it came to, like, how to produce and, like, how to write. And Mm -hmm. the music that we listened to growing up and stuff, and so he was like, hey, you should come intern at this, at the studio that I'm running. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And so that's been... I think I've been there for like three years now. Nice. Where, yeah, and it's the best. Mm-hmm. He's the best. That team is the best. I miss them all the time.
0: Because you've since moved across the country to to Boston, right? Yes. Yeah. What, and I've been here like a year and a half. Okay. So. What took you from Minnesota over to Massachusetts?
1: Uh, school. Okay. I got um accepted to Berkeley last year so last year was my freshman year and now I'm did a semester in the fall and now I'm taking a semester off to kind of just work on this release and other kind of non-academic musical mm. pursuits
0: gotcha what was it like as a musician because I, I mean how, like growing up did you have a lot of like more uh academic approaches to like were you more academic when it came to music like you did the the lessons in your scales somebody who played in like college symphonies i'm very unacademically minded when it comes to anything but Mm -hmm. but you know like moving from something as you know not strict like you know rock and pop music and indie music to you know something like berkeley berkeley where you're studying what was that Mm -hmm. transition like
1: well i did um i did like concert band i did like Mm. all the band in high school okay i did i was in like the concert band and i played um bass clarinet oh wow that's a fun fact um (laughs) and i was like in the jazz band Mm. and i did like the pit orchestra and i was like on the drum line and so i kind of had like a a basic knowledge of a lot of like the music theory stuff but Mm -hmm. then like um getting here it's actually really weirdly kind of not so academic a lot of the time okay like you obviously like i'm taking classes in like harmony and like counterpoint and whatever but most like most of the ensembles that i've like played in it's like very just like vibe based Mm -hmm. and like Oh yeah, like that sounds cool, or like that feels good, rather than like thinking about it in like a way that's
0: the um, rules of music.
1: Yeah, like yeah. you have to follow like this rule and do mm. that, you know. So, gotcha.
0: so with putting out, you know, those records through high school is kind of like that 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 kind of audio diary that wasn't intended to be an audio mm-hmm. diary at first. Were you playing shows that whole time then, or? uh yes i i think
1: i played my first show right after um freshman came out so i was had like just turned 16 and i was doing like just like kind of guitar and singing events at like uh, a local coffee shop and i was playing like you know Mm -hmm. i was doing like the two or three hour set of like all five of my songs at the time (laughs) and then like 20 covers 30 covers Mm -hmm. so there was definitely like a a time where i was you know kind of doing like the cover band Mm -hmm. thing but um as the years progressed i started you know playing um not like like legitimate shows because i think all shows are yeah but like you know i started playing like on on bills with like a bunch of other bands. And like, I started, um, I did Rockchester um, the second year that it was around. And mm-hmm. I did that, um, for two or three years. And I like, it kind of just, um, you know, ramped up from just being me to grabbing a couple guys that I, that I knew from town and starting to do like full band mm-hmm. stuff. And then, Eventually, it kind of got to a point where I was—I was lucky enough to like be able to go and do like kind of a DIY tour of the greater Midwest area and oh, nice. a little bit of the South. Mm-hmm. Um, last last summer, summer of like twenty nineteen. Okay. So, nice.
0: well, we can then move on to the EP we're here to talk about, uh, which is Start Again. It's going to be out. Either it's already out, or we're a few days. Prior to the EP release, depending on where this episode falls, but talk to me about writing that EP um, because it's it's a little different in the sense of like it it's like it shows especially when I listen through your work. I haven't like done like a full sit down and listen for a while, Um, Mm -hmm. but like listening through your work, it's, it's it's been interesting to listen to you kind of switch from like like an indie punk punk rock kind of to this more it's more retro not retrospective because that's kind of how it's been but it's a much mellower indie pop mm-hmm. you've definitely built in some more elements that are it's less abrasive and more comforting you know so
1: like a warm blanket There you go mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: uh, so talk to me about writing this ep and kind of coming off you know the high school those releases and coming into this?
1: Um, well, I, I finished, um, writing and like releasing senior as I was going into, Mm -hmm. um, college. And so after that came out, it was like right at the beginning of, I think I remember writing like the liner notes for that, like band camp, uh, like on the band camp page the day before I moved into my dorm for mm. like the first time. And so it was kind of like I had been doing this thing for four years and then now that thing was over and there was like nothing after that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause when I was, I was working on all of those projects, it was like, there was always a next step, you yeah. know, it was like after freshman there's sophomore and, you know, so on and so forth. So it was like, it was really the first time in my artistic like career where I didn't really have like a, a next step Mm. that I could think of. And so I really started to kind of, um, analyze the music that I was making and the, the way that I was writing and the things that I was doing. And it was like, is this really, you know, the music that I want to make for ever, or is Mm. this just kind of like, the way that things were coming out you know when you're like uh an angry sad melancholic high schooler you know from yeah. like a small town in minnesota and i you know i was just i decided i was like not gonna try and put myself in any boxes or like try and keep doing the same thing that i had been mm-hmm. doing and just kind of like write whatever i I felt like and whatever felt good mm-hmm. and so you know i kind of just ended up writing like i wrote pretty much like for all of my freshman year of college just like whatever songs felt nice and whatever mm-hmm. i was feeling and i didn't really care if it leaned more like um alternative like rock mm-hmm. or like folk singer songwriter and so i came out of the the year like with 20 or 25 songs that I felt Mm -hmm. were like the best songs that I had ever written. And so then they were all like weirdly different and like, didn't really feel like they were anything that I had ever like that I was writing, you know, in the past. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when it was like, you know, it came time to like, actually like do the, the record, I was thinking a lot about how I had kind of grown up over the course of like writing the whole thing and how even like externally, like things had made me kind of reconsider who I was as an artist and like what I was doing. And so that was kind of like where the, the name came from.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Along with some other Mm. kind of like more, um, literal Mm -hmm. stuff, like on the record so
0: well you, you said the kind of the external things making you reevaluate evaluate your artistic what were some of those things that were making you just kind of take that internal kind of inventory of what you were doing as a as a songwriter
1: um i think while i was writing it just like um being away from home for the first mm. time is a very was a very eye-opening um yeah. experience for me and just kind of having um all of this freedom that I didn't really know what to to do with. So that was odd. Um, And then, you know, like halfway or even not even like halfway, like in March, like getting sent home because of like COVID. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just like a lot of like, I'm sure everybody kind of can relate to just like sitting around and just like mulling over like your whole life at that point. Being stuck inside and just like, oh gosh, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm really stuck here, you yeah. know. It's like, what the fuck do so I, I do now? The... Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: so it's just like, well, what the hell do I do now?
1: Just... Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was a lot of stuff like that, and then you know, all of the the racial injustice that was happening mm-hmm. over the summer, and you know, just kind of trying to reconsider a lot of things that maybe I wasn't considering before
0: well then talk to me like so i have uh it's a five the start against five songs so let's talk through you know uh, you know let's talk through the songs a little bit just so like it's not it's not a long one we're not we're not gonna be sitting down here doing like a song exploder you know just really mm-hmm. diving in but so the the ep starts out with 1044 which is kind of like this it's it's a it's definitely an opener track so talk to me about writing that and kind of where you were while that song was coming together
1: i think that was um something that i wrote right at the beginning of like when i had just gotten back from being at school mm-hmm. so i was just kind of hanging out um in, like my my parents house and just being like oh boy <laughs> this is a thing. This is a thing that's happening for sure. And I was, you know, just kind of being very um, reflective on mm-hmm. uh, my life and where I wanted to go and what I was doing, and you know, just kind of having like a, a moment with myself about the things that I felt were important and the things that I wanted to do and not do. And so I wrote it. I wrote that song. I think it was a it was a voice memo, and so it was just titled like ten forty four p.m., and it just kind of all came out at once, just like mm-hmm. onto the onto the page, and that was kind of. I don't think I even really like went back and did any, or we like went back and edited it all. Really, it was just kind of. It was more of like a even like a journal entry than like mm-hmm. writing a a song. It was just you know yeah wrote a bunch of stuff down, and then I was like oh that's neat
0: yeah well the way you mentioned that like listening to the lyrics especially with that like you know I just I just want people to like what I'm hearing or like what I put what I put out I'm not here to like you know it just that's that 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 being your main goal especially just stating it in the thesis of that song Mm -hmm. and kicking off the EP that way feels very much like it's just kind of that internal monologue of in the context of you sitting around trying to figure out what everything is and what you need to do next yeah mm-hmm
1: like i don't I don't ever think that I've been particularly interested in like a lot of the aspects of like being like a a professional mm-hmm. musician you know it's always been more of like a retrospective thing for me and just like a way for me to get my feelings kind of out of my mm. body it's like a like a cathartic thing you know, and so I don't really at the end of the day, I'm just kind of like making music for me. And like, I just want people to enjoy it. I'm not really there for the, like the fan service or like the, Oh my God, like, mm-hmm. can I get your autograph or any shit like that? It's not really my, yeah. My cup of tea. You
0: just, you just there to make art and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Moving on, we've got the single, which is I've Got All I Need. Tell me about this one.
1: Um, This was a song that I wrote uh, probably right around this time last year about um, my partner who I'm with now, actually, currently still. But uh, we were leaving a party Mm -hmm. in an Uber, and I was bringing her back to her dorm room and it was just like an experience that I had where I felt like I, there wasn't like this kind of like big moment where I knew that like I was really into this person. It was just kind of like, uh, you know, you sit there and that kind of epiphany yeah. just hits you and you're like, Oh yeah. This is the this is this is the person
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's not like some big like life-changing thing it was more like the the little the little stuff and like the nuance and mm-hmm. the, all of the tiny moments that had led up to that so it's kind of just like a a love letter to all of the tiny things that someone does that mm-hmm. you appreciate rather than like the you know, like the doves flying yeah, the, everywhere and like the whole like the horse-drawn carriage and you know, yeah, whatever.
0: That, that big cinematic moment that usually you see mm-hmm. in the movies when yeah. the realization hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, exactly. With this with the single, you put out a music video with Tree Dome. Was that shot in in Minnesota here or was that
1: Yes, that was shot um at Carpet Booth, actually. Okay. Carpet Booth Studios, like right outside they're kind of um like a little outside of rochester Mm -hmm. which is the city where i grew up in so there's a lot of like uh like farmland and like rural energy so we were just like i kind of had this this vision of it being um similar to the have you ever seen the music video for yellow by coldplay yeah, that's or one. Or just Chris Martin like walking down the beach, beach and he's yep. getting like hit by the water. Yeah, I kind of wanted to do that or like that kind of um, mm-hmm. style of video, um, but make it more me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was talking with Nate um, and Maggie because they were the ones who were doing video for Rochester
2: mm-hmm.
1: while I was there um, doing audio we were like, "Yeah, we want to do this this video with you," and I was like, "Okay, let's do it." And so one day, I think it was—I don't know if it was like during or after—but we just like stuck around after the last band had left um, for the live stream and filmed that video from like right when it was the sun was starting to set until it had set. And yeah, yeah, super fun. I'm really. I'm very stoked with how that ended up turning out.
0: It, yeah. It's sick. Especially with like the, like the colors, the, that purple tint with the green, mm-hmm. it's like a really cool. And the, the vibe of like that single, it just feels much, mm-hmm. it, it feels like a sunset track, you know, like yeah, that, that calm of, mm-hmm. of sitting out <laughs> with the corn, you know, in mm-hmm. that area. Yeah.
1: Just kicking it. Yeah. Love corn. Shouts out corn. <laughs> Shout out corn. Great. Great stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, well, moving on then to the third song, which to me listening through the EP was one of like the densest songs compositionally, which is We Lost Track mm-hmm. of Time. Um, so just talk, me, talk to me about that one.
1: Uh, that was probably the the first song that i wrote okay for like the whole record um i think what it was like right when i had had gotten to school and i was kind of um i don't know it was just about like a, a relationship that i had had with a, a friend from back home and we weren't really talking anymore and I didn't know if it was like because of the things that I was doing or if it was because of the things that they were doing or if it was kind of like a combination of, of both. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, it was just like uh, another situation where I just like kind of was feeling this like looming sensation of like kind of change and how I had kind of you know run out of, of time in a sense to like fix all of these these things in this relationship that were struggling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there was like there was nothing that I could really do about it. You know, because yeah. I was all the way across the country at that point. So yeah, it kind of felt like the the subject matter of that song in particular was not the not the heaviest but mm-hmm. maybe more heavy than a lot of the other songs on the record and kind of leaned more towards the music that I had been writing in the past so we kind of tried to you know approach it in a more like like old mm-hmm. me direction with like a lot of kind of heavier instrumentation and stuff like mm-hmm. that
0: when when writing this were you do you like sit there and just kind of work on everything in like your da yourself, or was this more of a, you had the idea and brought it to the studio to then work on with like the people you help, who help produce start again. Um, usually my
1: writing process is I'll either have a melody or like a chord progression mm-hmm. on guitar. And then I'll have an idea for lyrics and I'll bring that in and try and kind of um, write something for the part that I have, Mm -hmm. that I'm playing on guitar. And so I have usually like, those are like my demos is just like my like voice memos of me singing over a guitar part that I'm playing. And that was really like all that I had for like demos when I went into the studio. Yeah. So um, when I was recording with, uh, Zach, Zach Zern and mm-hmm. Dylan Hilliker, who is a good friend of mine who played um, drums on the record as well. We, we had already done a bunch of pre-pro and we had kind of, you know, cut down all of the songs that we didn't want and we're left with all of the ones that we were, we had time to, to work on. And so every day we would just sit down with like a new song and we were like, okay, what does this need? Like, how are we going to kind of, approach this so that um like the pros of each song kind of fits the Mm -hmm. the um musical content
0: gotcha you said you had you know 25 or so songs coming into this you since you mentioned you Mm -hmm. know you were every day coming to the studio you were looking through that where were did were you just going through you know demos in the studio then there and just seeing what you wanted to do or was it just kind of previously you had whittled, you know, 25 down to five.
1: I, well, I knew that, um, that I was going to record it at, um, carpet booth with Zach. So we did, um, a bunch of pre pro meetings, like Mm. just like over zoom. Yeah. Um, where we listened to like all of the songs that I had like demoed out and we, talked about like oh well maybe this would uh go here and like this would sound cool with you know whatever and then at the end of like listening to all the songs we kind of talked about which ones like which ones weren't like not necessarily like the best songs but which ones would work the best like um for this like project and like the time that we had to to record so like we knew we knew going in that we had like uh three or four days to do the five songs Mm. so and we knew which songs we were doing so it was really just like going in the day and deciding what song we were going to work on that day and then just kind of getting after it
0: gotcha so it was it wasn't it wasn't as much of a sit there and get to play it was just kind yeah yeah gotcha Mm -hmm. um one of the the that the fourth song on the EP, which is Watermelon, which is very much a song that grabbed me just because it was so sonically different than mm-hmm. the um, than the rest of the songs, which it felt like it didn't... It was obviously like... I should say obviously. It was definitely like a transition song, but when you're coming out of, you know, We Lost This Time and going into the final yeah. song. But also, it definitely felt like it was a demo. Like, you know, it was recorded very, you know, minimally and mm-hmm. and it was meant to just kind of sit as is. Was that kind of the intention when?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it was always, you know, kind of supposed to be like uh, an interlude mm-hmm. more than like uh, like a song song. And so, you know, obviously it's not very dense, like structurally. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to keep the vibe of just like the the demo that I had done on my phone so I think we ended up like we had like a microphone like out one of the doors and I was sitting outside with just like a guitar Mm -hmm. like singing and getting guitar through this one mic and you can if you listen to it you can Mm kind of hear like the birds Birds, they're like moving around outside yeah but yeah, it was it was super important to just kind of keep the vibe because it was more of like a transitional thing from like the super heavy mm-hmm. song into like the the closer that, um, the uh, yeah, just like the we wanted to preserve that kind of mood.
0: Mm, yeah, well then let's let's talk about the closer Oregon, which uh, is definitely like the new feels much more like a, the new beginnings kind of part of Mm -hmm. which start again, like the title itself, you know, you're starting again. It's it's that new chapter. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about that closing track here.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, even like thematically, like start again is the last line of that whole song. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like another um, sort of thesis statement for like this new kind of sound and I don't know if I'd call it like an era, but Mm -hmm. like this new music that that I'm writing, um, how, you know, I'm kind of just like had gotten comfortable in, you know, producing and like, uh, writing stuff that sounded like that and was ready to kind of move away from the more indie, um, like garage rock kind of sound that I had been yeah. uh, working with in the past. but
0: um, Since, you, you know, kind of moving into that new era, reading the liner notes of Senior, it felt like it was very much a send-off for, you know, like solo Wyatt Moran. Mm-hmm. Were you intending yeah. to return to like the solo aspect or were you, you know... Working, thinking about doing something else, the other a different name, right. or you know,
1: um, not particularly. I honestly, like, I knew I knew with senior that it was like the end of uh me making like that kind of genre, yeah, of me, and so I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe that's the end of this. Maybe that's the end of like Wyatt Moran, you mm-hmm. know, and that I was going to go off and like, you know, have a, a suit or like start a different um, band or do something else kind of in like a different vein.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then I was just, I don't know, at some point, I think I was just kind of like, fuck it. Yeah. And I was just, I don't know. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. It's a I've podcast. We don't, you can, you okay. can, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to lose any sponsors. No, we don't okay. have to
0: worry about the FCC here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but at a certain point, yeah, I was just like I just kind of said fuck it and it's just it's the music that I'm mm-hmm. writing and that's it's all me. So that's just kind of the way that it, that it is. And I think I think for a while I was kind of like, well, I don't really know what's going to happen with these songs like even after I recorded them but then I don't know at a certain point I just kind of decided that I wasn't going to get a lot out of like doing like this like new thing that I thought was the answer, mm-hmm. you know, when the answer was really kind of not to be like, you know, a cornball, but like inside me yeah. the whole time, you know? So
0: yeah. Yeah. You, you, 'Cause you were in another band as well as at State House, right? Yes, yeah, I am. You put you put out a record middle last year, April, yep. if I'm remembering correctly. Um, were you de like dedicating songs that you were writing throughout college to that or was that an impact on, you know, this this new solo release?
1: Uh yes, in a lot of ways, actually. I usually when I was, when I would write songs um, mm-hmm. last year, I would kind of have a a general idea of whether they were like kind of this more folk leaning mm-hmm. stuff or like more um, prototypical kind of like rock stuff. Yeah. And so we started that band like, in October, September, October of last year. So all the songs that I was writing, I was like, oh, this would be a cool Statehouse song. And I would mm-hmm. bring it to um, Ben and Gia and we'd kind of like workshop the song and like kind of work on everything together versus like I'd write something and I'd be like, oh, this would be a cool like Wyatt song. And so I'd kind of just tuck it into the mm-hmm. the folder and kind of just be thinking about it in the back of my head or if something came to me one day, I'd go back and like make edits by myself. But I think the main difference between like state house and like Wyatt Moran music is, uh, the fact that I'm, I'm, we're always writing together Mm -hmm. always crack there, uh, with state house and it's more kind of collaborative Mm -hmm. versus me just kind of writing and um, you know, creating most of the the songs myself. For yeah, my solo stuff.
0: Did you find you know working on State House affirming to you know because you, you were talking earlier you kind of not getting again not to get corny but you, the answer was inside of you for kind of affirming. Did you find State House affirming of that? Yeah, I think you know
1: there's a part of me still that loves like going to basement shows Mm -hmm. and playing to like a bunch of your good friends and playing loud, you know, that's, I mean, that's something that, you know, I've always loved and I think I will continue to, to love for the rest of my life. But, you know, there's also a part of me that wants to just sit in a chair and play guitar by myself at a, a comfortable volume that doesn't hurt my ears for, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of days afterwards. So I think it was really, it's really, I'm very lucky to have kind of an outlet for both of those mm-hmm. things and like uh, music kind of on both sides of the spectrum so that I get kind of the best of, of both worlds. And I mean, state house has a, a new record that I'm working on mixing right now, coming out in the near future. As well, hopefully, so it's it's uh, got a lot of cool musical endeavors that are very mm. diverse. and I'm it's nice to have you know a lot of different outlets to yeah express myself through.
0: okay. Well, kind of moving away from this, we're coming into the end of the serious questions, and I got a few kind of easier ones to answer here as we wrap up. The, uh, the, our conversation, you're putting out, you put out Start Again, or we'll be putting out Start Again through the Three Birds Music, uh, the label run by yes. Dylan Heiliker. Uh, Dylan Hillicker Hillicker yeah. excuse me. Uh, talk to me about, you know, that connection and getting, getting that.
1: Well, um, me and Dylan have known each other for a long time. I auditioned for his high school band when I was in when I was way younger than him I was probably I couldn't even drive yet and he was maybe like a senior in high school and so we met initially um, through that interaction didn't get the gig mm-hmm. hate to see it um, <laughs> but then we met up again a couple years later because I was playing a house show. Mm-hmm or show, um, somewhere, somewhere local. And he was there and he was like, oh shit, that's the kid who was like trying to play in my band all those years ago. And so we we met kind of through doing a lot of like local shows and stuff. And he's, um, he's the guy who started Rockchester Fest. So I did that for a while and he kind of just ended up being my drummer at a certain point, I was just like, Hey, like, I need a drummer. Do you want to do this? he's like, sure. And so we've known each other forever. And he like, you know, he played drums on this new record and he helped produce this new record. Um, and we've been playing in bands with each other, like pretty much like my whole musical life. So he kind of was transitioning into, you know, being like, uh, a manager and like an A&R booking guy. And he came to me and was like, hey, I'm going to start this label. Do you want to be like, do you want this project to be like the first thing that we release on it? And I was like, sure. Hmm. Because we had already kind of been working with each other and talking about like what the plans were going to be and like what I wanted to start again to kind of like do. And so it kind of just felt like uh, the right thing to do. Cause he has kind of been there the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and so it felt right to kind of do it with, with somebody who knows um, who knows me really well and who kind of understands like my mm-hmm. vision for the the stuff that I want to put out. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, someone who, you know, is so hands on with, I mean, you've been doing this essentially yourself other than, you know, over the years you've added some, you know, musicians here and there, and you've been working with Dylan. Do you find it, you know, hard to sometimes, you know, when in the studio or something giving up that little bit of control, whether you're not, you know, completely producing your own stuff or, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of in an interesting position because for this record in particular, mm-hmm. I I had known Dylan for like maybe five years, yeah, and I had been working with Zach for like a couple years as well. So it was really like two people that I trusted a lot creatively, mm-hmm. kind of just helping me flesh out um, like these ideas for for these songs. And it never really bothered me, you know, if it's it's all in pursuit of kind of the same and Cole yeah like nobody wants to make shitty music you know and it's like everybody just wants it to be the best that it can be and I trust both of their um like creative ideas a lot and they trust me and so it was just a very comfortable environment to be working in
0: do you have any you know future you know events or plans kind of coming up with this release that people should be aware of? Um,
1: not like uh, not at the moment. Mm-hmm. There'll definitely be there should still be CDs and tapes available for pre-order or for actual order over at nicethings.co slash wide Moran and there will be merch that's available currently. Uh, of some variety uh, that will be purchasable as well. Uh, But other than that, probably not. I don't have anything like no like virtual shows hmm. or anything kind of in the pipeline yet, but that might change by yeah in a month from now or whenever this comes out. The 19th, yeah, like
0: almost a month from now. yeah a month from recording this well uh for people to be aware in case you know when plans change where can people connect with you online then
1: i think all of my social medias are at wyatt j Grant.
0: and moran is spelled-
1: twitter instagram facebook yeah m-o-r-a-n yep
0: perfect well wyatt thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me here today
1: yeah it was a pleasure thank you for having me again the Ear Coffee Podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name. If you like this episode, please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ear Coffee. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.